This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Minnesota Vikings back in the playoffs. They have got a huge matchup with the Giants wildcard weekend this week. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You can watch on the ESPN app as well. We welcome in right now linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, Eric Kendricks, led the team in tackles this season, and he joins Chris Carlin and Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. Eric, I'm going to start with something just completely off topic for a second because I just read this about you, and I have always been fascinated as to how people handle this. You were born on a leap day, February 29th, 1992. So does that make you eight years old or what? Like, how does this work exactly? Yeah, actually, technically, I'm seven, uh, about seven and a half at this point. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, ever since I was little, I feel like it's been kind of special. You know, I I feel like when I was little, I really didn't didn't like it as much, you know, because I didn't have a day to celebrate. But as I got older, I realized that everybody remembers my birthday, for one. So everybody's wishing me happy birthday or everyone knows that it's my birthday. Um, but also, like, it kind of expands from, like, a week time period. So, um, obviously, there's only 28 days in February. So, sometimes people tell me on the 28th, you know, sometimes people forget and kind of tell me on the 1st, the 2nd, the 3rd of March, you know. So, it kinda, I kind of have a, a range of days when it's not the actual day, the 29th. But, um, you know, when it is the 29th, we, I do it big for sure. <laughs> Eric, speaking of special, you guys have put together a really special season, setting the NFL record for wins in one-score games. What's been the key to you guys' success in being able to win close ball games this year? I think it's just when it comes down to it, um, you know, the situational uh, game at the end of the at the end of the, at the end of the uh, time, but also just like uh, believe. I mean, believing. I know it's cliche, but uh, you got to stay calm in those moments. You know, those those crucial moments at the end of the game. When, uh, you know, that's when the game is decided. You know, a lot of these NFL games are really close, um, closer than ever, honestly. But uh, um, it's good to come up on the, the winning side of those things. Eric Kendricks, linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, joins us right now. You've been with this team, what, seven, eight years now at this point. So what makes this team different than years past that you've got a chance to go do something here? <clears throat> Man, we just, uh, we're just taking it day by day, you know, but we're excited to be here. You know, we have a lot of energy. Um, a lot of enthusiasm in, in, into our work, and you know, a lot of passion for sure. But uh, you know, we're looking to make it. Looking to make a statement for sure. So it's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. Well, Eric, that statement's gonna have to start with the New York Giants. That's your wild card opponent that you guys are gonna be facing on Sunday. And through your film study, putting these guys under the microscope, what are gonna be some of the challenges that Big Blue presents when they roll into Minneapolis uh, on Sunday? We obviously know they want to get uh, 26 the ball. You know, Saquon, you know, he's a great running back. Um, getting the ball in the pass game, the run game, you know, we, we know that he's going to have the ball in his hands for a, a certain period of the game. But I think the underrated part is uh, obviously the quarterback's running ability. Um, you know, uh, I think that people kind of sleep on it a little bit, but that's what I think makes their offense tick at the end of the day. Eric Kendricks, linebacker for the Vikings, joining Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Uh, Eric, you know what people say uh, when it comes to Kirk Cousins. They talk about uh, the fact that he uh, struggles when it comes to playing in prime time. You're with Kirk every day. You see him in practice every day. Break down fact from fiction here. Separate fact from fiction about Kirk Cousins and why this team has confidence in him. 
Man, Kirk has been playing this uh, unreal this season. You know, um, I think that uh, he's played with the conference. You know, I've seen him play uh, for a couple years now, and, you know, he's been a great quarterback. But I think this year he's just play- played with a whole different sense of confidence and and, um, and energy about him, which uh, I'm excited. And, uh, he, you know, he attacks things. He's a, ultra- he's a competitor for sure. Um, that, that goes all the way down to ca- the camp practices. You know, our training camp practices, you know, he's uh, he's the one that's celebrating and, and running down there and, you like that, you know, and things like that. You know, he, he's, he's, he's really about it, for sure. Eric, what's been the biggest difference between your new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, and Mike Zimmer, who was your head coach in years past? What's been the biggest difference in terms of his approach versus how Zim would approach you guys uh, throughout the season? Um, I think that just, just from a from a overall standpoint, you know, we have an offensive-minded head coach versus a defensive-minded head coach, you know. And it's totally different from my, my uh, from my eyes because you know I think in, in college and in the pros I had defensive uh, defensive like kind of defensive minded defensive back coaches so I learned the game a little bit differently but you know as with the offensive head coach I kind of learned a, a little bit di- different side of the offensive game plan and and things like that and just ha- how the game works on that end of things so two di- two different kind of coaches but um, you know I learned a lot from both. Eric, what, was there a point this season? when it kind of struck you that this team might have a chance to do something special? Yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like ever since, um, I mean, spring OTAs, you know, but, uh, you know, mini camp, um, and honestly, that just that first, that first couple, couple weeks in the season, you know, we, we, we got, we got tested pretty early, um, came out and we, we beat Green Bay early. And then that second game versus Philly, you know, we got, we got beat up pretty bad. And I, I think that, uh, it really, um, it really was a test to us because, uh, you know, we faced some adversity. And um, I think the next couple games, you know, we went on a little bit of a run, but those weren't easy as well. But it, it kind of just shows our resilience through, through those games and, and situationally how we got to handle things. And it kind of just built, built, us, uh, built this callus on us, you know. Eric, you're a guy that's on the defensive side of the ball, which means in practice you get to line up across from one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson. He set all kinds of franchise records this year, breaking Chris Carter's record, breaking Randy Moss's record. Uh, what is it that separates him from other great receivers in the NFL? What's the secret sauce behind the production from uh, Justin Jefferson? <laughs> To be honest with you, it's the it's the little wiggle he got. You know, um, it's unorthodox. The little wiggle, kind of, kind of, <laughs> little wiggle. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little slimy. It's a little slippery. You know, I can't really put my. It's kind of like he's a. Uh, you know, if you put a basketball in his hand, he can very well do a basketball move. You know, it's just a it's a wiggle. Uh, I'm gonna leave it at that. You know, I don't want to really explain <laughs> it too much. Um, you know, obviously we know that we know we know he has speed. We know he has routes. You know, we know he has hands, but. Um, it's it's his desire. It's nothing's too big for him. You know he knows what's what's going on at all times. But that wiggle is what separates him. Last one for me, Eric. Eric Kendricks, linebacker for the Vikings. Okay, um, the Giants have been uh, a somewhat popular upset pick in this game. Have you guys paid attention to that? Uh, and secondly, <laughs> I'm going to give you the form right here to guarantee a win. Should you choose to do that, please go right ahead and do that. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't paid attention to anything besides what we got going on here. Not really too concerned, and uh, I'm excited to play on Sunday. How about that? Uh, you're kind of going halfway like there. I'd, I like I'd expect no, I more like from. It. I like it. I uh, like it. Uh, listen, he's he gonna expect... let his pads do the talking. I like it. I don't know. I, I'd have a chip on my shoulder if I only had a birthday once every four years. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
What, what, a seven-year-old might have a little more confidence, Eric. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, you know, wow. Gotta... <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Good luck this Eric, week. Eric, thanks a lot, no man. Good luck this weekend. Take care. Me too. Eric Kendricks, linebacker for the Vikings, led them in tackles this season. Uh, good enough to give us a few minutes on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Meanwhile, Canty, we have got some tweets from Lamar Jackson. Tweets from Lamar Jackson on what's going on with him and his injury. And frankly, it's providing us perhaps the most clarity on the situation that we have had in several weeks. You ready? Yeah, let's go. They just came, uh, let's see, about 20 minutes ago. Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade, grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain 3, in other words, a, a grade 3 strain. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give it a 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful that we have a chance. Now, Canty, I want to juxtapose that with John Harbaugh earlier today with the very latest on this. Yeah, I don't have any really thing to add on that. No updates at this time. The fans do it. They, they go and they say, oh, this has to be contract-related. What do you say to fans that think that that's the reason of this? I don't really have anything to say to them right now because I'm focusing on the game. You know, really, I and mean, that's really, that's what we're focusing on. So that's it, really. Kind of feels like John Harbaugh in some ways has just kind of thrown his hands up at the situation, but that's the most definitive update that we have gotten regarding Lamar. So as somebody that's been through plenty of injuries, mm-hmm. lay that out for us here. What does it mean what he had to tell us about the PCL strain? Well, here's what I'll say, Carlin. The PCL is a significant injury, but it's not as major as an ACL injury, right? The ACL is the primary stabilizer to keep your knee from sliding forwards and backwards. The PCL is the secondary stabilizer that's performing the same function. So when you have a PCL injury, it's usually not a complete tear. It's usually a partial tear. And you're probably talking about somewhere in the ballpark of four to six weeks in terms of recovery. Now, everybody's body is different, and that's what makes it hard to nail down a timeline of when Lamar Jackson is going to be back to 100%. So when the player says he still has swelling in his knee and that he's not quite up to full strength, we have to take him at his word. But – For me, Carlin, the two things that jump out, John Harbaugh not refuting the reports that it could be potentially contract-related and just coming out and saying he's not healthy. When he's healthy, he'll be out there. That part of it doesn't necessarily pass the smell test. And then the other part of it is when it comes to Lamar Jackson and what he had to say, I just know from a player standpoint, if you have the financial security in a postseason game, you'd be willing to put yourself on the line. You'd be willing to extend yourself for your teammates because it means that much. You're not going to have another go-round with the same guys in the locker room. The team turns over from year to year. So you want to do your best to be accountable to your teammates to honor the sacrifices that everybody made in that given season. If Lamar Jackson had a quarter of a million dollars guaranteed coming to him over the next five years, I think the Baltimore Ravens would be in a different spot when it comes to their quarter situation so 
I get it. It's all speculation. But this is a terrible situation to be in if you're John Harbaugh. And unfortunately, it's a situation that the front office created, and now the head coach has to deal with the realities of it. Yeah, but you know what, Canty? I think the head coach is making it worse right now. I don't think he's helping the situation. Because what do we see now universally almost across the, across sports in general? The protecting of players publicly, especially when people are questioning what's going on. And John Harbaugh is not doing that here anymore. You know, he's not... Uh, out there the other day he said you know Lamar wants to be out there and all that but he's gotten to the point where he's so sick of answering these questions I wonder if the fact that he's not just simply saying that Lamar's not healthy enough when he's healthy enough he'll be out there end of story like he could very easily make it much easier on himself and if he's that annoyed about the Lamar situation I wouldn't be looking at Lamar I'd be looking at the guys who were in charge and haven't given the contract yet well, maybe that's what he's doing, Carlin, in a roundabout way. I mean, he can't come out and but say... But he's making Lamar look a little worse with that, no? Well, I don't know if it's making Lamar look worse. I think everybody recognizes the kind of player that Lamar Jackson is. And here's a player that decided that even without the long-term financial security was going to play and did play earlier on in the season. There were no guarantees for Lamar beyond 2022. And yet he stepped on the football field to try to help his team compete for a championship. So nobody is questioning the sports character of Lamar Jackson, but the ambiguity in the responses from John Harbaugh puts a lot of indirect pressure on the front office to get something done because now all of the speculation is starting about whether or not Lamar Jackson could be on the potential trade block. And what I worry about is friction because of the frustration in this situation between the front office and Lamar getting to a point where you're at an impasse and you're forced to part company. I'm a former Raven. I, I, I recognize how important he is to that franchise. I also recognize how hard it is to find that kind of talent at the quarterback spot. I don't want to see Lamar Jackson play anywhere else. But, Carlin, I'm also a realist. I've been a player. I've been a part of negotiations. I know how these things go. It's never just business. It's always personal. Players take it personal because how you pay them and when you pay them shows how you, much you respect them. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's hard to believe that Lamar is feeling a whole lot of respect coming from the Baltimore Ravens. See, I think that's the most important thing here is that they right now are hurting their relationship with Lamar with how they have handled this throughout. And I can get I, it. Hey, Carlin, dude. Carlin, Carlin, can I say one thing? Yeah. Can I say one thing? Absolutely. Is Justin Herbert going to have to wait this offseason to get his money? No. Is Joe Burrow going to have to wait this offseason to get his money? No. So why is Lamar Jackson having to wait two more years, two more offseasons, to get paid when he's got an MVP in a trophy case? I, I think the argument that they would try to make, and to me it does not hold water, is that Lamar is going to be more susceptible to injury than those two guys are. I don't buy that. I don't buy it for a second. Lamar is 8-4 and four as a starter this year. He's the reason why you're yep. in the playoffs, and the guy ain't played in a month and a half. Totally agree. Totally You've been agree. in the playoffs four of the five years he's been your starting quarterback. He's won a playoff game. He's won an MVP. His style is a little bit different, but I think the skill set is what the NFL is starting to gravitate toward. So why would you not reward a player like this? It just well, Chris, he hasn't, got, he's, he hasn't gotten paid for one very simple reason, Deshaun Watson. That's it. That's the reason he hasn't gotten paid, because once that happened, the, Ra- the Ravens were screwed. 
But you've almost but got Carlin, to admit it and eat it at that point. Carlin, but that's the my point is the Deshaun Watson deal is not going to stop Justin Herbert from getting paid. No, the it's Deshaun not. Deshaun Watson deal is not going to stop Joe Burrow from getting paid. Bishotti was one of the first people that spoke care. about it. You know, Carlin, and he was annoyed those, by it. I get it. But that's the world we live in. That's yep. the quarterback market. Yesterday's price ain't today's price. If you wanted to avoid that situation, you could have paid Lamar before all of that. You had that option. Absolutely. You didn't do it. So that's on you. That ain't on the Cleveland Browns. Nope. That's your mistake. And, and so I'll tell all you what these else other quarterbacks are going to get more of $200 million in guarantees because of what the quarterback market is, and the Ravens are going to be in limbo with Lamar. And, Chris, I'll tell you what else. What they're doing is making life even better for the Cleveland Browns in this instance because the Browns' unintended consequence of giving $230 million guaranteed to Deshaun Watson could be that Lamar Jackson's out of Baltimore. Think about that. I mean, not only did you get Watson, but you got the other best quarterback in the division outside of Burrow, right there with Burrow, out. I mean, that's that's an amazing deal. So that is money well spent. If for no other reason, Carlin, we spent two hundred fifty million to get Lamar Jackson out of the division. Just seriously, (laughs) if you're Steve Bishotti, bite the bullet. You're gonna have to pay him. You knew all along you were gonna have to pay him. You got screwed. Guess what? Life isn't fair. Hand him the money. He's worth it. Do you want to go through this again? What is your option? What is your option? Canty, you know what it's going to be? Mm. You're going to watch Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown this weekend, and you're going to realize, you know what, just just take the check. Honestly. Because they're going to get whacked. They're going to get whacked. And you went wise guys on me? You went wise guys on me? They're going to get whacked? They are going to get destroyed in Cincinnati, and it's going to be because they don't have Lamar Jackson on the field. Oh, my gosh. All right, Ray Liotta from Goodfellas. <laughs> They're going to get whacked. <laughs> and did you take care of that thing? Yeah, I took care of the thing. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in. It's NBA action tonight as the Lakers host the Mavs. Coverage begins 9.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Up next, from one quarterback who could be on the move to another, where will this one end up? Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Going to be very, very interesting this year 
with what the Jets do at quarterback. And Derek Carr, you're starting to hear a lot more as a possibility for New York. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So Derek Carr today, Canty, put out his farewell letter to Raiders Nation. Uh, just, you know, a quick note basically saying, sorry that we never got over the hump. Uh, love you guys, all that. And then, you know, looking forward to trying to go do this somewhere else. I don't see how Carr is not the perfect quarterback for the Jets, either Carr or Garoppolo at this point. And, you know, I've heard this phrase a lot, and it kind of bothers me when it comes to this situation. The Jets need to bring in a veteran quarterback. No, the Jets need to bring in a good quarterback. Yes. The Jets need to bring in a quarterback <laughs> yeah. they can win with. Not just a veteran, not just another guy, not just an insurance policy. They need to bring in a starting NFL quarterback, Canty. No, I'm with you 100%, Carlin. And here's the thing that's a little bit strange to me and why I'm surprised that the Vegas Raiders went down this road. It felt like the shine of the 2021 season for Derek Carr wore off pretty quickly, no? I mean, this is a guy that shepherded the franchise through a pretty tumultuous time when you consider what happened with John Gruden and the leaked emails, what happened with Henry Ruggs and the DUI tragedy, what happened to Damon Arnett, a failed first-round pick, uh, who got in trouble with the law. Like, there are all of these things that were happening around this fra- franchise on top of a lot of draft busts by Mike Mayock. And yet, somehow, someway, with an interim head coach, Derek Carr got this team to the postseason. And in Week 18, a winning in-game against Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers, they were on the right side of that outcome. I'm surprised that Josh McDaniels had no use for Derek Carr. But if you're a franchise like the Jets – that's looking for a competent NFL quarterback that has leadership intangibles, well, here you go. This is served up on a platter for you. Derek Carr is an adult in the room. You got a defense that's ready to go. You got a young wide receiver that's ready to be a star in this league in Garrett Wilson. You got some good ancillary pieces in Brees Hall and Elijah Moore. And and the offensive line, if those guys come back healthy, Makai Buckton and ABT should be amongst the better groups in the NFL. It feels like they are a quarterback away, and Derek Carr would be a good fit. You want to worry about a guy in New York? You want to think about a guy that can handle the pressure, the media, and all of the different things that come along with it? Derek Carr checks that box. So I, I absolutely think that this is a, stir, a stone that the, uh, that the Jets should look under if Derek Carr is available. So here's the tricky situation for the Jets. Number one, Uh, If you trade for him, you have to trade for him, basically, uh, it would seem, before February 15th. Because on February 15th, his salary for this year, which is $32.9 million, and $7.5 million of his salary for next year, get guaranteed. February 15th. So if you're you're the Raiders, you're going to do something before February 15th, right? Because if you well, don't, the Raiders, the, Ra- the Raiders. Here's the thing, Carr. I mean, about Carr, the Raiders are going to have to work with him. Yeah, because Carlin, correct me if I'm wrong. He's got no, a full no trade clause. That's where I was going next. That's so the thing. if he's got a full no trade clause. I mean, what what, what can you do? Well, I, here's I, I just, here's my point. Are the Raiders going to take that 41 million on the cap and then just wait it out for somebody to trade for him and then hopefully work it out? 
at some point for somebody to trade for him by guaranteeing that salary by February 15th. Nah, man, they're going to end up cutting this dude. Yeah, so this is my point. If you're the Jets, do you wait and he'll become a free agent? Because we don't know if he wants to be a Jet or not. That's the thing. Well, like here, 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 he, he said in this note, I'm, you know, no matter the situation, I'm going to go and give you everything. But it, it's pretty clear. Like you listened to comments from his brother David a few weeks back. He's going to go somewhere where he's got a chance to win. I think the cost is going to be more prohibitive for the Jets than whatever compensation, if any compensation, would be due to the Raiders. Like the Raiders can't. I guess they technically could agree in principle on a trade prior to the start of the new league year in the middle of March. But uh, I mean. They're going to be stuck with this 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 salary being guaranteed, and at that point, is there going to be a team that wants to trade for that, or do they want to have their own salary for Derek Carr? And if you're Derek Carr, wouldn't you want a brand new deal with a new team anyway? You got the guaranteed money from the Raiders. Go get you some more guaranteed money and be a free agent on the open marketplace. That's how you maximize your value. So I, I don't see a scenario where the Jets would have to trade for him or any team would have to trade for him. I think the Raiders will end up cutting him and then Derek Carr would be able to choose the place that he wants to go. The question is, if you're the Jets or another team, how do you make your franchise the most attractive to Derek Carr beyond the money? And then there's another quarterback that, for whatever reason, whether it's Mike Tannenbaum or whoever, you know, the the talk is always going to be out there, at least until the Bears say we're not doing it, about Justin Fields, which just seems ridiculous. I mean, Mike put it out there. The other day, I can't imagine as much as you heard what um, Ryan Pohl said the other day that we'd have to be absolutely blown away by somebody in order to go or in order to uh, blown away by Brian uh, by Bryce Young uh, to draft him and then trade Justin Fields. I mean, I just can't see it's a topic and I get it. The Bears are in such an amazing position here. They're, they're just, I can't remember a team headed into an offseason with this much to work with. Honestly, you've got your quarterback for the future locked in. He's still on a rookie deal and will be until after next year, and then you hope to extend him. And $113 million in cap room and the number one overall pick. I mean, what what is the point in trading Justin Fields away? I don't think there is a point in trading him away, Carlin. In no world does it make sense. I mean, uh, it's been floated out there by, by several other analysts that if you're the general manager, maybe you want to go down with your pick at quarterback since oh, you have boy. the number one overall selection. But Justin Fields has shown that he has the potential to win an MVP one day, and when you have that kind of talent at the quarterback position, why would you move off of it? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's... Carlin, they had the worst record in football, yet this guy showed you enough to make you believe that he's their franchise quarterback for the next decade plus. Think about how hard that is to do. Meanwhile, being the most contacted quarterback in all of football over the last two years. I I just don't understand why you would move off of a guy that's a relatively known quantity in the NFL ranks for a guy that's unknown coming out of college football. As much potential as Bryce Young has and C.J. Stroud, for that matter, if I was drafting a guy and I needed a quarterback, it would be C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, but that's neither here nor there. If you're the Chicago Bears, think about how much you could get moving down from one to, say, the fourth overall pick Mm. 
doing a dance with the Indianapolis Colts because they want to get ahead of their division rival in the Houston Texans and have their choice of quarterbacks. Think about how much you can get from that franchise knowing how starved they are for a franchise quarterback. Carlin, you you could move down three slots and potentially pick up three premium picks plus. Yep, and still draft a a dominant defensive player in either uh, Carter or Will Anderson. Yes, you, you have to do it. Yeah. This is a no. This is, to me, Ryan Pohl's comments a couple of days ago was him doing the dance yes. and letting other general managers know that you're open for business, but you're going to have to come correct when it comes to compensation for the first overall pick. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, not to mention your smart speaker at Play ESPN Radio. What do we do? We make people money and we will do that next on canty and carlin espn radio are you ready for an epic wild card monday ready for football cowboys buccaneers monday at 8 p.m eastern on espn and abc and you can watch peyton and eli's take on the game on espn 2 and espn plus 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Buddy got back on the beam last night. That's Hello. right. That's right. It's your guy, no, Canty. It's not money gun worthy, though, right? No, no. It's not money. Uh, we gun didn't officially worthy, call it a primetime parlay. Plus, well, it was I a pretty to... damn good parlay, and we felt great about it, right? Yes, we did feel really. That was. I mean, we were throwing around the Lockadini word. But we didn't yeah. use it specifically. But we did win last night on a three-leg parlay in the Nuggets game, the Nuggets beating the Suns, which was uh, easy to see on the back end of a back-to-back. The Suns had beaten the Warriors a night earlier. A night earlier, we went with uh, them winning the game, laying 14. They won by almost 30. And then uh, maybe they did win by 30. It was 126-95, something like that. Yeah, um, 120, yeah 126-97. Um and then they, uh, we had the over on assists for Jamal Murray at five and a half. He beat that. Mm-hmm. And the over on rebounds for Jokic, which was quite literally, well, not literally, but as close to a layup as you can get because he had 14 on the night. I think it was mm-hmm. nine and a half. So, long story short, that's your winner. So we're going back to work. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. 
Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Ah, we go back to the association for the play of the night tonight. Canty. Celtics Nets in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. No Jalen Brown. No Kevin Durant. Celtics one-point favorites. We're on Boston there. Yes, all over Boston. We are also on the under at 224.5, correct? Yes, we're going to fade the game. We're going to fade the team points total. And really, what we're saying is we're going to fade the Brooklyn Nets because Kevin Durant has been playing some of the best basketball of his career. They're going to feel that on the offensive end with him being out of the game. Okay. And then we've got a couple of Celtics props to tie in. We're going to go four leg parlay. Four leg parlay. Aggressive. Some might say, but those are people that live life on the sidelines. Canty, Marcus Smart, six and a half assists over. Yes. Marcus Smart, six and a half assists over. And Jason Tatum, over three and a half three-point field goals. Love it. All right. So it's a four-leg parlay. Celtics minus one, under 224 and a half. Over six and a half assists, Marcus Smart. Over three and a half rebound, uh, three point field goals for Jason Tatum plus 12-10. That, that is what we call a spicy meatball. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. Let's start with the feel-good story. Peyton Hillis is taken off a ventilator today, and he had been in the ICU after saving his kids uh, off the coast of Pensacola, Florida, in a swimming accident last week. So he saved their lives, but he had been in the ICU. Boy, that's great news. It's a great story, Carlin, for one of the true good guys that was a part of the National Football League. And, I mean, just, you know, think about putting it on the line literally to save your kids' lives and then coming out on the other side of it. So glad to hear that it's going to have a happy ending for his family. And, Carlin, his kids better never talk back to him. (laughs) Ever. Ever talk back to him. Like, I would literally die for you. I almost did in saving your life keeping you guys from drowning. His kids better do everything he tells them to do while he's raising them. Oh, you don't want to mow the lawn? Remember when you almost died? Yeah. Who was there for you? Pops. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Great story. Great story. Uh, The Odell Beckham video on the plane was released earlier today. It's just weird. It's just just odd, Canty. I don't know what the hell's going on there. It's really strange. They couldn't wake him up. Then he didn't want to get off. And somebody accused him of having no pants on. But it just turned out he had really short shorts. How do you get accused of having no pants on? I don't understand it. Then they had to have everybody deplane because of the ruckus. It was just a nightmare, Carlin. It just gets weirder and weirder. I'm not even sure why they released the footage of this video. It was strange. Um... I don't even know what to say to something like this. Yeah. So maybe we just keep three and out pushing. Yeah, why don't we? Uh, 11 stadiums, Canty, 11 stadiums in the U.S. are going to potentially put in uh, regular grass so that they may score uh, 
a, a being a site for the World Cup the next time around. So they'll do it for soccer, but they won't do it for NFL players? Yeah, that's kind of weird. My buddy Andrew Whitworth tweeted that out, and I was just like, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah. you're consider going from turf to grass to get footballers from overseas to come play in America, but the actual guys that are responsible for the product, which is the impetus to build these stadiums, we don't get that consideration when it comes to health and safety in the surfaces we play on. Mm, Thanks a lot, NFL, for telling us that you care, but you really don't care about us. And finally, Canty, Dearnest Collin, if you don't know him, he was the Popeye's meme kid from 10 years ago. He is an athlete at Division II Lake Erie College, 19 years old now. That was when he was nine. Uh, that meme went viral. He scored an NIL deal with Popeye's. Love it. Love this story, man. From a state champion at a high school in East Orange, New Jersey, to NIL deals at Lake Erie College for Popeye's. Let's go. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.